Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Zechariah chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 say, Then I lifted up my eyes again, and I saw, and there was a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? And I said, I see a flying scroll, its length 20 cubits, and its breadth 10 cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes forth over the face of all the land, for everyone who steals will be purged according to what is on one side, and everyone who swears will be purged according to what is on the other side. I will cause it to go forth, declares Jehovah of hosts, and it will enter the house of him who steals, and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it will lodge overnight within his house and consume it both with its timbers and its stones. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker. Bob, a mysterious book, this Zechariah. Oh, a very mysterious book, Matt. This book, of course, is composed of visions that Zechariah the prophet saw. And here, in this section, after the first four chapters, we come to some visions that are somewhat on the negative side. The visions in the beginning of this book are all visions of encouragement and consolation to Israel so that uh, the children of Israel who have returned to the good land from their captivity in Babylon will continue to build the temple as the house of Jehovah. But now God also comes in to give them some negative visions that uh, are related to his judgment on the evil that exists on this earth. Bob, today we're going to cover Zechariah chapter 5. Then our next program will go to the last vision in chapter 6. Okay, these three visions are negative visions in chapters 5 and 6. But in the first chapters of Zechariah, we have five positive visions. Could you review the positive before we get into the negative? Well, as you said, Matt, uh, before uh, chapter 5, there are five visions on the positive side. And they are visions of consolation and promise that God gives to his returned people. As we know, uh, when the children of Israel returned to the good land from their captivity, there was a small remnant of the people who actually made the journey to go back. And their condition was somewhat uh, not so positive. They needed encouragement. They needed consolation. Uh, Actually, when they began to rebuild the temple, they encountered a very strong opposition And at one point, the building work was actually stopped for a period of time. And the people began to build their own houses. 
You know, Bob, there may be some listening right now who can relate to what you're saying. I just want to insert, they could use some encouragement and consolation for the Lord's building in their own life as they're listening to this radio program right now. So I want to encourage them to stay with us. That's right. We need a lot of encouragement related to God's building, the work of building God's dwelling place, which today is the church, right? uh, the house of the living God. This is a work that is greatly opposed by God's enemy, Satan, and by those who are motivated by him. So in the process of this building work, there is the possibility that we would be either distracted or discouraged. So God used the prophets, uh, mainly Haggai and Zechariah, to speak to his people words of comfort, words of encouragement, and words of consolation so that they would once again pick up the task, and resume the work of building God a dwelling place on this earth. This is really where God's heart is. God desires to dwell on the earth in and among his people, and he needs his people to cooperate with him in order to carry this out. So God came in to give five visions at the beginning of this book. The first vision was the vision of a man who was actually the angel of Jehovah, riding on a red horse, standing among the myrtle trees. These myrtle trees here signify the humiliated people of Israel who were in a lowly state. And here Christ, as the angel of Jehovah, was riding on a red horse and standing among them for their strengthening and encouragement. Very good. And then the second vision is the vision of the four horns and the four craftsmen. Uh, The third vision is the vision of a man with a measuring line in his hand. This Vision indicates that God would once again uh, measure and possess Jerusalem and take it as his possession. Then the fourth vision is the vision of Joshua the high priest being perfected, established, and strengthened by the angel of Jehovah with Zerubbabel the governor of Judah. Now we know that the building work is carried out by the priesthood and the kingship. Joshua represents the priesthood. Zerubbabel represents the kingship. And here God comes in with this vision to strengthen Joshua with Zerubbabel for the building work. That was a wonderful picture there in chapter 3. Yes, wonderful picture in chapter 3. Then in chapter 4, we have the vision of the golden lampstand and the two olive trees, another vision of encouragement for God's building. Well, thanks, Bob. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study. We'll come back for more fellowship. Zechariah altogether saw eight visions. Two groups. The first five visions are one group, all the time under the care of the angel of Jehovah. Then the last group is of three. And these three visions as a group are not under the care of the angel of Jehovah. In the first group of five visions, the central thought is God in these five visions speaks a comforting word, concerning word, encouraging word, encouraging Joshua, Jeroboam, with the people that God would be with them, that God would do something through them. So they should be encouraged not to stop the building work of the temple, but rather to continue to finish the building of the temple under 
the priesthood and the kingship. And there, the two leaders, Joshua as the high priest and Jeroboam as the governor of the country. So that is a good group, very positive. But now we come to the last three visions as a group. This group of visions is altogether negative. Why? Because all the three are concerning God's judgment on this earth upon the evils, upon the evil people, the evil nations. All the three are concerning God's universal judgment upon this earth. Okay, Bob, let's stop right here. We're going to get into the details later in the program of these negative visions, so let's take a chance to at least focus on the positive a little bit and tell us a little bit about how those positive visions encouraged, consoled the priesthood and kingship under Zerubbabel and Joshua. Well, Matt, as Brother Lee said here, God's people at this point in their history, they had been in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. And Jeremiah the prophet had prophesied that the captivity would last only 70 years. But during these 70 years, the people of God were scattered. They were taken away from their land. The temple of God and the city of Jerusalem were destroyed, devastated by the Babylonian invaders. So at the end of the 70 years, God stirred up the spirit of the people to return to the land. But when they got back to the land, everything was a devastation. And the first thing they needed to do was to build the temple as God's dwelling place. But during the course of their work, as we said previously, they encountered a lot of frustrations, and this discouraged them. So here, these five visions encouraged them to realize that they were under the care of the angel of Jehovah. The angel of Jehovah really signifies Christ, who is Jehovah himself. Uh, coming to be with his people in their uh, humiliated situation, to bear them up, to strengthen them, to establish them, to encourage them, mainly through the priesthood, through Joshua, the, the high priest, and through the kingship. In the New Testament, we know that Christ is the real Joshua. He's our high priest, and he's also the king. He is the real king. He's the real Zerubbabel. And all the believers are also priests and kings, right? So actually, God's building, the work of God's building, is carried out by the priests and the kings, which means Christ as the high priest and as the king of kings, and all the believers as the priesthood, the family of priests, and the co-kings with Christ. So through the priesthood and the kingship, God accomplishes the building work. So the encouragement and the consolation, the strengthening and the establishing here is mainly focused on the priesthood and the kingship because this is so directly related to the building of God. Bob, I can't help but think about the listeners who are listening to this program right now, whether it's in their living room or driving down the street or wherever it is, a construction site. They are believers in Christ as the real priests and the real kings. And many times, you know, they get stirred up because the recovery started by God's people being stirred up 
in a land of captivity, and they gave themselves to follow the Lord for his interests, to build up the temple. And this is, in type, a picture of the believers who get stirred up to follow the Lord for the building up of the church, and then in the midst of their following the Lord, they may enter into some discouragement. And that may be where someone is right now as they're listening to this program. And so they need to be encouraged because these visions of encouragement in Zechariah are to encourage all the priesthood, all those New Testament believers who are priests and kings to be encouraged. Christ is with you in your low situation for the recovery of God's church and the building up of his house. Amen. Wonderful. Quite encouraging. I I just couldn't help but to add that. Yes, yes. Let's go on to the negative visions now, Bob, which are still critically important. I don't want to say that it's not important because it's negative. I think that's the kernel of today's program. The first one is about the flying roll, and I read those verses at the beginning. I hope it was a striking vision to the listeners because it is to mine. And it's the first four verses of Zechariah chapter 5. Let's go to Witness Lee as we get into those verses. Two visions are recorded in chapter 5. The first one is the vision of flying school. The flying school is just God's law. God's righteous law is written in the school. And this school will be the base of God's judgment over the sins. And the sins in this vision is signified in a repenting way by stealing and sharing false oaths in the name of the Lord. Stealing is the sin concerning people and sharing false oaths in the name of Jehovah. This is a kind of sin against God. Such sin, on the one hand, against people, on the other hand, against God, will be judged by God according to his law. Bob, to be right with God by not swearing a false oath, and to be right with man by not stealing, that pretty much sums up the entire Ten Commandments, doesn't it? It really does, uh, Matt. This is a tremendous vision here. This flying scroll is 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. This is two times a square of 10 cubits by 10 cubits. And we know that in the Bible, the number two signifies testimony. And the number 10 signifies completeness in fullness. This indicates uh, that this scroll, which represents the righteous law of God, is God's testimony to the whole world. The whole world has the law of God as a testimony that God of this universe is a righteous God. And that men, in order to be righteous, need to be right with God and with man. If we steal from our fellow man, this in a representative way indicates that we break the law of God in our relationship with men. If we swear falsely by God's name, again in a representative way, it signifies that we are wrong in our relationship with God. Both are unrighteous, and both these categories, these two categories of sins, will be judged by God according to his righteous law. And this is a vision that indicates that 
in spite of the fact that so many unrighteous things are taking place on this earth today, there will be a time when all the unrighteous persons, all the unrighteous things will enter into judgment with God based upon his righteous law. And if you read these verses, you can see that this judgment that God exercises on unrighteousness is very, very serious because this judgment here in verse 3 is called a curse. That means it's serious. God's judgment is serious. So everyone who breaks God's righteous law is under a curse. And also, the judgment is thorough because in verse 4, this judgment goes forth, enters into the house of the one who steals and the one who swears falsely by God's name, and lodges in his house overnight and consumes his house. Not only consumes the wood, but also the stones that are used to build it. That shows the how thorough God's righteous judgment will be. And this is a, a vision on the negative side, but still, it's an important vision. Thanks, Bob. We better go on to the second negative vision. I'm going to read the start of the second negative vision, not the whole thing. It's Zechariah chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. Then the angel who spoke with me went forth and said to me, Lift up now your eyes and see what this is that goes forth. And I said, What is it? And he said, This is the ephah vessel that goes forth. And he said, This is their appearance in all the land. Then a lead cover was lifted up, and this is a woman sitting within the ephah vessel. Then he said, This is wickedness. And he threw her down into the midst of the ephah vessel and threw the lead weight over its opening. What a vision. What a vision. (laughs) Let's go to Witness Lee, and then we'll come back and talk more about it for our conclusion. Then the second vision of this group is the ephah vessel. It's a kind of vessel which is called ephah. And the ephah is a measurement of cereal, an ephah of fine flour, and so forth. An ephah is the measuring vessel for purchasing and selling in business. Well, the appearance of business is not that bad, especially today. Everywhere, every country needs commerce. This is quite good. But within this ephah, vessel, there is a female. Here, woman just represents sin. Here it says wickedness. And wickedness nearly is the name of that woman. A lead cover is thrown over the opening of the ephah vessel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is the opening. So God can throw something upon it signifying the restriction of the wickedness in commerce by God's sovereignty. Well, this is wickedness. On this whole earth today, the wickedness is in business. But God has his sovereignty. So he exercises his sovereignty, put a heavy lead on commerce to limit it, to restrict it. Think about it. Wickedness contained in commerce, such as 
covetousness, deceit, and the love of money. Love of mammon. He's a satyr. He loves money. He is trying to get money out of your pocket. And you are the bear. You love money also. You like to get the piece of cargo with a very cheap price. So in the commerce, in the business, what is there? Sin. Uh, then the last point, to build a house for the woman in the land of a sinner signifies that God, God's sovereignty would cause the wickedness in business which the people of Israel learned of the Babylonians in their captivity to go back to Babylon. So all the three visions of the last group are concerning God's judgment on this earth. Either on evil, wicked persons or wicked nations. Well, Bob, this is quite a picture. A vessel representing commerce, the ephah vessel, with a woman called wickedness inside. How can we end this program on a practical note about such a mysterious vision? Well, we have to understand, Matt, that on this whole earth, nearly all the human beings are engaged in this one enterprise, and that is business or commerce. And of course, on the positive side, commerce has a good appearance in that it moves goods and services around the earth so that mankind can live on the earth. But actually, hidden in this ephah vessel was a woman called wickedness. That means that hidden in today's business and commerce that is now expanding and moving rapidly over the whole earth is sin and wickedness. If we really are honest, we have to realize that really the nature of commerce today, the intrinsic motivation of people in engaging in business is something of their greed their covetousness and love of money. If we look at the business world today, we see these great evils. Man is greedy. He wants to have more. Man is covetousness of what his neighbor has, and he is loving money. And Witness Lee pointed out here that the love of money is on the side of both the seller and the buyer. The seller wants to get more money from the buyer. So he manipulates his price so that he has a margin that makes him a higher profit. But the buyer, on the other hand, would like to get a lower price from the seller, thereby saving what? Money. So money is the issue on both sides. That shows that mankind today, whether he knows it or not, is caught up in a kind of idolatry in loving money. This is an idolatry that spreads through the whole earth, and this is why it's called wickedness. So what is the practical application for us? Maybe you're a businessman selling. Maybe you're not a businessman selling. You're a buyer. At least we're all buyers. What should we do? Well, God's people should live an honest life and a simple life. They should not seek to gain more mammon, more money. We have to be righteous. We have to be honest. And we have to be simple. We need to live in the Lord's presence walk according to the leading of His Spirit within us and not be motivated by outward things such as 
opportunities to either gain money or to save money. This kind of motivation is just a part of the wickedness of today's commerce. We should be simple, we should be honest, and we should live in the Lord's presence, and we should follow the Lord in doing everything and be one with Him. Bob, I wish we had more time to develop this vision of the ephah vessel with the woman. Eventually, the woman becomes two women when the lead cover of restriction is taken off, and eventually the woman is taken back to Babylon, which is the source of this kind of evil thing. God does not allow it to stay in Jerusalem. So there's a lot more to this vision than we can really cover, isn't there? There really is, Matt. It's a tremendous thing. So we encourage you to contact us for more materials to follow up on our radio program today, which can only touch these things. The phone number is one eight 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 life study That's one eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Bob, thanks for coming in and being with me for this special program. It's a privilege, Matt. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again. This is Matt Miller. On behalf of Bob Danker, thanks for listening. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.